Hey guys, and welcome to the Worship Coaching Podcast. It's something brand new that we're trying and trying to see how this works out. Is it something that you're interested in? Is it something that you might consider uh, subscribing to? Let us know. It's kind of a new thing since we've figured that we're on the go, on demand, doing so many things, and so many of you guys are interested in how can you get more information, more knowledge, and more coaching, more mentoring readily available. So this is a good, unique platform that we can do from almost anywhere. So we can be mobile, we can be live, we can be uh, digitally available to you from almost anywhere. So uh, we thought that it would be a great idea to do the first one available to you right after Easter. And, And here's why. This is why it's super, super important to me to do this after Easter. I know that one of three things happen to worship leaders, um, to worship pastors, people that are involved in worship right after Easter, and that's this uh, little thing that happens. It's called regret. It's either one of a few things happen. So we get through with our Easter services and we're super either elated because Wow, everything just went perfect. Everything went great. Um, We're thriving through our Easter services. Everyone showed up. Things went flawless. And now we're just, whoo, we're relaxing. Another scenario that happens is on the polar opposite end of the spectrum. And this happens more than what you realize. So if this is you, believe it or not, you're not alone. Everything feels like it went wrong. Easter just seemed like it went down the tubes completely. We lost uh, uh, lost people that are supposed to be playing. Uh, people didn't show up. Uh, backdrops fell down. Lyrics weren't posted on the screen. Uh, we started songs in the wrong key. So many things. And we could go on and on and on forever. And it just feels like a nightmare. And we get done. And come Monday morning, we're going, you know, I really wonder if this is what I need to be doing anymore. Seriously. Or there's another option that that happens to some people, and, and that's this. One of the two things happen, uh, whether it went well or maybe it went okay or maybe it just flopped. Um, and, and either way, you're going, thank goodness Easter is over. Now I can kick my heels up and relax a little bit. Uh, and wait around until Christmas comes and just kind of play it by ear until then. One of those three things typically happens. So here's the first thing I want to say. If you're one of those people that are kicking your heels up for whatever reason, you deserve rest. You really do. But here's something I want to challenge you on. Easter and Christmas are historically our two biggest Sundays but they're big for what? They're big because this is when uh, this category of people that we sometimes jokingly refer to as Christers, you know, those people that come out of Christmas and Easter, and that's the only time we see them at churches. Uh, these are the, the two times that they come out. But what do we do it for? We, of course, we want to present the gospel to them, but at the same time, we also want to tell them Uh, that, hey, we hope you find a church home and here's a potential church home for you. Come back to us next week. But then what typically happens is 
we go out of town or leave pastors out so we 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 put somebody else in to speak uh, our our main worship person is out of town so we put somebody else up there um, we don't give our best i would say that the week after easter is probably one of your most important gatherings of the entire year. So don't take that for granted. Yes, kick your heels up. Yes, rest. You deserve it. But at the same time, plan ahead for Easter, uh, the week after Easter, because it is so important to do so for those guests that are returning. So here's what I want to really address with you guys. For those of you who are perhaps in that category of everything went wrong or maybe you're just saying let me maybe before a few weeks before you said let me get through Easter and then after Easter I'm calling it quits maybe you're wondering whether or not uh, you're still called to to be doing the job that you're doing maybe you're maybe you're wondering if you're called to do it at the church you're doing whatever that happens to be I want to tell you a story and it's a story straight out of the Bible, and it's one that we rarely talk about, especially in worship. We're so used to telling the story of the Last Supper. We're so used to telling the story of the crucifixion. And we're so used to telling the story of the empty tomb and how he is risen, he is risen indeed. But one of the things that we often fail to do is talk about the first breakfast. What do you mean, Jason? The first breakfast? I've never heard of this. Well, it's in the Bible. Here's what I'm talking about. First, let's go all the way back to that Last Supper. You know, of course, it's the, the Last Supper as they're um, ending up and coming out of the Last Supper that Jesus tells Peter that he will deny him three times before, before the cock crows. And, of course, Peter says, of course I'm not going to deny you. And we know what happens. What happens is he's there in the, the courtyard. And we know that because the Bible tells us that. But here are some of the details that the Bible doesn't tell us that, that we know just historically. In a courtyard, in the center of the courtyard, there would historically have been a big uh, fire apparatus, kind of like a fire pit that would have been there. And it would have been a charcoal-type fire that would have burned there to provide warmth and a little bit of light to um, in the middle of the courtyard. So here's Peter around this, uh, in the middle of the, the courtyard there, and there with the smells of the charcoal fire. And Peter is asked, hey, aren't you the guy that's been hanging out with Jesus? And he begins on his first of three denials no that's that's not me and the cock crow the cock crows here here's the interesting thing about that uh, for some of you that are just uh, like knowing details uh, sometimes we hear that maybe from growing up or maybe even out as adults we hear that about the cock crow and we think that that's a that's a cockle doo doo from a rooster uh, Actually, it's not. There is between the hours of 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. Historically, there would be uh, a, a guard that would be posted from sundown or sunset to sunrise, and at, they they change the guard at three-hour intervals. So, 
uh, at 6 p.m., 6, 7, 8, 9, 9, uh, there will be a shift change, of, uh, so to speak. 9, 10, 11, 12. At midnight, there will be another shift change. 12, 1, 2, 3, there will be another shift change. And then 3, 4, 5, 6. So in each one of those shift changes, there will be a, a, um, a kind of a call that would be put out that would indicate that shift change. And, and for everyone that was aware of, uh, of that, it, it kind of served as the clock. So people would uh, know about the time by hearing those particular calls. Care to guess what the particular call at 3 a.m. was? Yeah, you're, you're, getting, you're catching on pretty quick. It was the cock crow. So here at 3 a.m., the cock crow happens, and as Peter is denying his Lord and Savior, and of course he's asked other questions, you know, you, you sound like a Galilean. Uh, you speak like him. Aren't you sure you're not the one that, that, that's been hanging out with Jesus? And again, he says no. And, and then a third time, he denies his Lord and Savior, all while standing out in the courtyard around that charcoal pit. Let's fast forward. Let's go to something that occurred on Easter. We talk about the empty tomb. And and interesting to note that the, the tomb was empty for us. The mention of uh, the fact that Mary comes to the tomb and finds that it's empty is really for us to be told that he is risen. And we champion that on Sundays uh, on Easter to say he is risen, he is risen indeed. But we don't go too much further past that verse where the angel tells Mary that, why do you look for him here? He's not here. He is risen. What happens after that is a set of instructions. The angel tells or the messenger tells Mary that she that the they want, to, they want Mary to deliver a message. So go to the disciples and to Peter. Well, that's interesting. Is Peter no longer a disciple? Has he been kicked out of the boys club? No, there, there's a reason why. They they want Mary to carry out the set of instructions to say, go, tell, tell them to go to a particular place and meet Jesus. Well, that meeting that happened um, between the disciples and Peter ended up happening in a story that we know to be the story of, uh, the infamous story of Peter and several of the other disciples out in a boat fishing. And of course, we know that Jesus calls out to them and tells them to put the net on the other side of the boat and they'll catch more fish. They do. This is the encounter when Peter sees Jesus. And it's it's interesting because I can almost picture Jesus being like a fatherly figure and yelling out after them to say, hey, you're not catching any fish, are you? And them saying, no. <laughs> And then telling them what to do to cast the net on the other side. And of course, they do that. We know the story. They catch an abundance of fish. But it's then what happens. They realize who it is. That it's Jesus that's over on the shore calling out to them. And it's Peter who jumps in the water with his clothes on and, and begins swimming. I mean, he makes a beeline to Jesus. And when he gets there, the scriptures tell us that he would have had a fire there. Interesting. Imagine, if you would, if that fire was a charcoal fire. 
Imagine what would go on through Peter's mind, realizing that he had betrayed his Lord and Savior. And he's smelling the very smell that he smelled as he was betraying. That Jesus asked him to bring fish so that he could cook it and prepare it. And so that they could have the first breakfast. You see, this is Jesus telling Peter, I'm not mad at you. I knew this was to happen. This wasn't outside of my understanding of what was going to happen. And I forgive you. You see, it was Jesus and Peter having the conversation that seemed to perplex Peter and perplex, perplexes some of us when he said, do you love me? And he asked again, do you love me? And Peter goes, of course, you, you've already asked me this. And he said a third time, do you love me? And he says, oh, it's like he got something differently the third time. What was the difference? Well, the difference was the difference in language. The first time he's using a completely, the uh, first two times he's using a completely different version of love. The, the last time he's using a version of love, Elohim, a version that, that only God, a way that God loves us. And Peter realizes the difference. I'm not talking about brotherly love, Peter. I'm talking about godly love, the way that I love you. Do you love me? Is it possible for you to love me back in that manner? And it's there where Jesus tells Peter that your name is Peter, the rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Here's what I want to convey to you. Nothing that's practical within coaching those things are to come later. This is something that I want you to know today. There are some of you that are questioning whether or not you need to be doing the job that you're doing because of so many things that have happened. Perhaps you've had a disagreement with a pastor, perhaps a disagreement with a church member, a disagreement with a deacon or an elder. If that is unresolved right now, in the spirit of Matthew 18, would you go to that person and have a conversation with them. But know that it is a day for you to sit and dine with your Heavenly Father, to have a first breakfast, and allow Him to remind you that no matter what has transpired, you were valuable to the kingdom of God and the giftings that he has uniquely given you are still immensely valuable to worship in this kingdom here on earth. I hope this message serves you well today. And listen, guys, I would love to be able to partner with you, uh, to be able to walk through some things with you in your life. Uh, to be able to provide some coaching. I've got some exciting things happening in coaching that is coming up very soon. Uh, in May, we're going to be offering a coaching cohort for no more than 12 guys and gals, a small group of guys and gals that are going to go do life together for about six months straight. We're going to go over six different topics, have a two-hour session each month, and each person, each one of the 12 people in that group will have an opportunity to 
to have a two-hour Skype session with me too as well to be able to to go over some individualized coaching. You'll have a, a peer group of coaching uh, where we'll go over one of six topics. You'll have a, uh, a, a complete uh, a chat room that's available, a community forum where you can bounce questions off of me and each other too and grow and grow and grow. If you're interested in that, would you go to tailored dot coach slash Jason Whitehorn again tailored dot coach slash Jason Whitehorn and you can sign up today I would love to be a part of that with you God bless I look forward to talking with you again and if you have any questions about anything I'd love to hear from you you can go to my personal website at jasonwhitehorn.me and you can find a way to contact me there right from the webpage. Or you can also go to uh, the Worship Leader Resource website at wheelieworship.com. And you can email there at jason at gotworship.net. Have a blessed, blessed day. You are loved, you are cherished, and you are sons and daughters of the King of Kings.